0: is KOA Sports.
1: Now, Dave Logan, Big Al, and Ryan Edwards.
0: All right, welcome back to the program. Pat Shermer is back in football, and not just back anywhere. He is going to be an offensive analyst for the University of Colorado this upcoming year. As uh, Carl Reed with CBS Sports put it, he brings over 20 years of NFL coaching experience and was the AP NFL assistant coach of the year back in 2017 by how things have changed. <laughs> Life comes at you fast, Dave. <laughs> You're you notice how quiet I am on this. Well, once again, this is a radio show where people expect you to engage. Yeah, no, and,
1: listen. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I don't even
1: know. I don't even know. I I have absolutely nothing against Pat Shermer. No, no, no. Personally, Personally. I really don't. Yeah. Um. And, and um. Offensive analyst. I, I've I've said I'll say this. I have talked to in person, um, two. I guess they would be classified as former. They would be former head coaches in the NFL separately, and both say. Positive things about Pat Shermer's football IQ. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> make make of it what you will. It didn't. It didn't really work here. Yeah. But um, I, I think in terms of going back and and having a veteran guy and uh, being able to take a look at some of the concepts you run on offense. Uh, I you know I don't know. I mean, football coaches can coach different sort of styles. Um, I mean, Pat Shermer. Working up there as an analyst, and mm-hmm. if if Sean, I think it's Sean Lewis, right, mm-hmm. the offensive yep, coordinator. That's correct. If they're going to run stuff and be as fast as they say they are, and when he was the head coach at Kent State, I mean that thing, they're at the line of scrimmage and they are gone. That's right. So, not that Pat Shermer um, can't adapt to that and look at different things in terms of how defense is playing and all that. But that's not really, you just don't see that
0: style of offense in the NFL. And Pat's been an NFL guy forever. Well, and re- reminding people here, Deion Sanders says one of the goals that he has about CU and really anywhere he goes is to get these young men ready to play in the NFL. This isn't just about creating a, a culture of, of good football at the college level. He wants to help these guys prepare for the next level included in that. So Pat Shermer coming on as an offensive player, analyst for me it doesn't move the needle in the sense of okay well he's got the hands-on treatment they're going to be practicing incompletions like they were out here in Denver I don't I don't look at it like that I just look at it as like okay this is one more set of eyes one more perspective especially from the NFL level and I don't think there's anything wrong with that
1: I would say this about CU whether Pat is up there or not um and I I understand wanting to go fast because that's sort of how the game is played Uh, At a lot of levels, it's not really played that way in the NFL too much, but certainly in college, uh, there are more than a couple handfuls of school that really, schools that really play fast, and I get that. But if CU, just generally speaking, if CU is going to have success this year, and I, you know, are they, I mean, being in games, being competitive, winning some games, that sort of thing. I'm not saying they have to, you know, go unbeaten or go to the, you know, a major bowl game, but if they're going to have success based on where they've been, I don't care if you go fast, that's fine. But in that fast mix, they have to be able to run the ball. If going fast limits uh, your ability to out-scheme, out-hat, out-flank, whatever, in the run game, then... I'm not for. I'm not all in favor of going that fast. Hmm, and if you're not, if you're not successful, if you're not knocking out a few first downs, you've got big problems with your your defense because your defense will be worn out fast. If, if you're going three and out and you're going lightning quick and you can't get a first down and you're punting the ball, your defense just got over there, man and. This defense is limited in terms of they weren't good last year. Now they've got a new staff and some new, you know, new lots of new players, and maybe they're gonna be really good. But the more you put your defense on the field in any game, especially in the Pac-12 with what these all these schools do, the bigger chance you have a problem. So I hope in this fast paced offense, and I'm sure they're smart enough to figure this out, I hope they can still run the ball and run it effectively because they're gonna need to.
0: That's interesting. I I hadn't considered that as a focal point that was necessary for me. Just starting on the offensive side of the ball for CU is what is Shardor Sanders going to look like Uh, going from Jackson State here to the Pac-12. Yeah. The upgrading in talent. You're right. There probably should be a little bit of a focus there on the run game because it's only going to help him. No doubt. And so... Where I think a lot of us thinking like, oh, well, you know, it's the Pac-12. I mean, the ball's going to be flying all over the field. We're totally going to high point score, high scoring games for, for CU. It's going to be about converting everything, right? Getting down the field, scoring touchdowns, especially because you're going to play some of these teams that are, uh, have aspirations of winning championships. USC is going to be in that conversation this year because of Caleb Williams. Should be. So. If you're CU, you you are going to be in some some boat race kind of games. You're going to be in one of those some of those games where you're going to have to put up 40 points possibly to be in that game or be in contention. See, that's that's my point, though. Right, that's my point. But exactly. You're not running the ball much if you're doing that.
1: Well, that that's my point, point. and I'll, I'll tell you right now. If CU thinks, I mean, I believe this to be true. If CU thinks they're going to outscore USC and UCLA. In Oregon, and that's how they're going to win. It's not going to be a very good year in Boulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, I th- I think you have to go about it. Yes, you have to score points, and yeah, you want to attract athletes and have a you know a fast paced offense. I'm all about it because that that's that's how the game at that level is played. But you you have to find a way to be able to run the ball. You control the game. I don't care if you run from spread that's fine I don't care if you run your quarterback on design quarterback runs a few times that's fine but but you you win the game throwing you control the game with the run game and and especially I mean how about this didn't see didn't have much last year how about if they have a lead yeah. in the fourth right? Yeah. Then, then you want to go. You want to go fast pace, fast pace. And, and listen, I've heard nothing but good things about Sean Lewis and the offense he runs. And I'm uh, I'm stoked to see what they do. Same. All I'm saying, just from a football standpoint, in that mix of fast pace offense, and let's get these guys on there. And here we go. And fans are excited. And yippee yo! You got to <laughs> be able to run it some to yeah. slow things down a bit, especially if you're not going to beat the team you're playing in a shootout. And I would say that that's you know you're probably not going to beat a handful of their opponents. I mean USC, UCLA, Oregon, we can name a few.
0: Yeah, a lot of those teams are so prolific when it comes to their yeah, rushing so attack. So slow them down. Yeah, no, that that's a good point. And and there there's a multi, multitude of ways to win that. But then it comes back to okay, well, what kind of defense are you going to have, right? I mean, how 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 can your defense hold up against some of these powerhouses? Thank you. Well, that you just that, that's my point right yeah. there. So the best
1: best way for that to happen
0: yeah. uh, is to have is, a rush, running is game. for
1: Caleb Williams be over there drinking a little Gatorade yeah. And your defense to be over there on your sideline and your offense to be knocking guys off the ball. I'm not saying you gotta you're not you're not gonna be Air Force. Right. I'm not saying you can't be you know, fast paced at times, like really fast paced at times, but there's gonna be a time where they're gonna have to get into an offensive set and say, listen, man, you know we're running it, and we know we're running it, so stop us if you can, and that's where the creativity of the play caller and the play designer really will come into effect.
0: There were only three players in the Pac-12 last year that had 1,000-yard seasons, but interestingly enough... the run running the ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah rushing. Uh, there, were th- there were actually three teams worse than CU running the ball last year. Not in uh, average yards per carry. Uh, they were the worst. But... Stanford, Washington, and Cal were all had fewer yards per game than CU rushing. Rushing, yes, we're talking about rushing here. Well, Stanford was, I mean, you, awful. was just awful.
1: <laughs> CU beat Cal.
0: That's right. That CU, was their lone win of the season. Right. The one, that's right. And who was the other one? Washington State. Well, they, I mean, they throw it a thousand times a game. That's, that's exactly right. That, that's exactly right. But then you look at the other side of that coin, right? UCLA, Utah, Oregon. They're oh, I, forgot, I
1: forgot Utah.
0: Yeah. UCLA averaged 238 rushing yards per game. How about Utah? Utah averaged 217.6, and Oregon averaged 215. So you had three teams. Those are the three teams that were over 200 rushing yards per game. That's that's something right there. You don't
1: want your defense on the field for 80 snaps against any of those three teams. So you can't go fast, but you've just, right. you you've some got to some get some
0: first downs. You got to yes. have
1: some success, and you got to be able to sooner or later. You got
0: to be able to run it. I love that. Glad, yeah, you because know, that, that's a topic I hadn't considered. Let's get a quick check of traffic from the KOA Traffic Center. Here's Dave Hunter. up that Doug Farrar did for USA Today, he more or less said that Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan were put in bad positions last year. Kind of an interesting perspective because most people have been singing the praises of Ejero Evero and saying, oh, what a, what a great job he did. And Now, don't you miss him? He's in Carolina. Uh, but uh, some of the stats he brought up didn't make me think for a second that that maybe there's, there's more to come. For those guys, and maybe Vance Joseph could actually get more out of them. We'll get to that coming up here in about 10 minutes. Adam Schein with uh, NFL Network uh, put out, um, he said, which NFL team is most likely to end their long playoff drought? This I didn't upcoming see it, season? but I, uh, I'm guessing he said the Jets. Jets are number one. He went through five teams. Five teams that uh, have a long playoff drought. So you well, got Dim- Jets. Denver, Denver
1: would be probably one of the top five.
0: They're in the top five. They're in, the to- they in the top five. So these, these are teams that
1: have the top five longest yes. playoff Correct. droughts? Correct. Jets, Broncos. Um, Lions. Oh, Lions for sure. Since 2016. Browns got in once in the last couple of years, so yeah. they're probably
0: not in it. Atlanta Falcons since 2017 and the Carolina Panthers since 2017. So, so those are the five teams. Where do you think the Broncos fell in that group? So he he's picking the team that is – from one to five, one is the most likely to break this streak to get into the postseason. I would say second, fourth. But his reasoning, and this is not—I know—but I would say second, uh, and I and I agree with you actually, and I, I so we agree on that. But I'm gonna tell you why he thinks that it's fourth. His reasoning is is the AFC West, like, and I think that's a lot of people say, well, that's logical. Chiefs, Chargers, for crying out loud, they they haven't beat the Raiders in five or six games. So I think that the loaded, loaded AFC, loaded AFC West makes it difficult. And the path for the lions, which it looks like, cause he puts them second with the NFC North sort yeah. of in flux right now. Aaron
1: Rodgers gone from green Bay, right? Chicago, even though they're going to be better,
0: still a bit of a mess. That's right. And, and, you know, Minnesota, they won like 13 games last year by one score, you know, or not, not all of them by one score. I'd say half of them, maybe it was like 10 or 11 games, by one score, so they they kind of just were able to sneak in on on some of those games where they probably just in every other circumstance would have lost. So I think the way that he views it is, hey, Detroit was right there on the doorstep. Yeah. I, I mean,
1: I like Detroit.
0: Yeah, I, I think oh, they're, they're a fun team. To they were for. fun
1: on offense, creative on offense. They got um, they got uh, the guy from the Rams quarterback. Oh, yeah, Jared, Jared Goff. They got Jared Goff to play. I think better than he ever played before. Agreed. Right, and they do have some weapons, and and you know a defensive-minded head coach. So I I think I, I don't know I haven't, I haven't seen any prognostication, but I would think the Lions in a lot of people's minds would be the favorite to win that division.
0: Yes, I'm I'm certainly going to be one of those people along with Michael Cooper, our producer. You making a list? Yeah, I think that checking it out twice. <laughs> His Atlanta three. That's the one that I'm kind of a little bit so-so. I think a lot of talent, like young talent. But I don't know about Desmond Ritter yet. Desmond Ritter wasn't all that great last year. And they're, He's they're ranked them, ahead of Russell Wilson on the poll you gave me yesterday. <laughs> he is ranked ahead of Russell Wilson. He was in like the teens or something like that, right? Wasn't he? Or he, maybe the high 20s, low low 20s. But uh, they they just like the young talent and they like the coach, Arthur Smith. and Which, again, there's a lot to like there. One thing, One thing Atlanta has going
1: for, I think, themselves, they can run the ball. So they can shorten games on you. They can take pressure off that young quarterback. I mean, Arthur Smith, if he knows one thing, he, he knows how to construct a run game. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they finished last year, but every time I saw them, they were committed to the run. They didn't throw it a lot, and they and they stayed in games that way. Only went 7-10, and 10, if, if memory serves. But, where, where did they rank in the – do you have that in front of you? Uh, rank uh, as far as in the NFL division? NFL rushing? No. Oh, NFL where rushing. They, where do they
0: rank in NFL rushing? You have to give me a second on that. Just just uh, overall as far as the team? Yeah. Yeah. They, out of 32 teams. I know they were one of the more efficient rushing teams uh, out there, but as far as the, the uh, efficiency goes, they were in yards per game. That's pretty far down, actually. Oh, no, sorry. They're third. Hmm. Yeah, they were third, 159.9 rushing yards per game, only trailing Baltimore and Chicago. That's
1: why I, I think they've got a chance to to be decent again because they they stay
0: in games. Yep, indeed. All right, your next chance to win $1,000 is coming up in the next five minutes. You can also win $5,000 listening to KOA on your free iHeartRadio app when we come back. Doug Farrar on how there's more to it for Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan this upcoming season. We'll get to that next on KOA Sports. All sorts of great advice here in studio. Uh, Welcome back to the program. Dave Logan, Ryan Edwards. We're going to get into the Damian Lillard stuff coming up here at the top of the hour. Reports out there that he won't report to any team for offseason training if it's not the Miami Heat. I think that's his agent trying to
1: pressure everybody else. Like, hey, don't think about getting in this Sweet and offering a lot to Portland because if you do, we're not going.
0: We're not going. I don't know if it's the best optics for Damien, though, under the circumstances, and especially, and again, I want to spend some more time on it at the top of the hour, but I just feel like if you're, if you're Portland, yeah, you're going to try to get the best deal you possibly can, but at the same time, uh, you know, how much do you give leverage to Damien here? How much leverage does he really even have, right? I mean, so there, there's a lot of things at play here. I, but I think he's got a lot.
1: Because he's, I mean, he's been there 11 seasons. He's been their best player. Yeah. And he could, he could have opted out, could have asked out a long time ago. So I, I think he's probably got more than you might think. Uh, I understand your point, but I think when it's all said and done,
0: he's going to be in Miami. I think it's probably gonna be the case. And we will spend some time on that. Plus Kevin Durant chimed in on it and we'll get his take as well. But I, I'd mentioned this earlier uh, USA Today, Doug Farrar does a great job. He writes, does this write up every single year of every single position group and, and, uh, his favorite players from each group. And so he did uh cornerback safeties inside linebackers. He's just kind of rolling through the defense right now. Justin Simmons comes in at number 10 on his list and Pat Sertan. I thought it was a little bit low for him comes in at number six. Um, and I was a little bit shocked by that. I thought, it, you know, most conversations about Pat Sertan is he's in the running for being one of the best cornerbacks in the league. We've become a world of lists. Yeah. Well, it's, it's at that time of year, especially like, everybody's... We could it be talking about cornhole. Did you watch cornhole? Did I watch cornhole? Cornhole tournament? I did not. I do... Actually, late night... I think you should maybe oh. check that out this weekend. Do you want to give me some, some betting tips on it, or what, what, what no, are we no, doing it's here? cornhole. You're, th- throwing a, you're throwing a beanbag. <laughs> <laughs> Underhanded. Well, uh, no, I know what cornhole is. Okay. I, I've, I've played plenty of it in my life. I just... So you, let me get back you to the randomly Doug. jumped in on well, corner. No, I mean, was, I, mean
1: I, I just mean everybody has a list about something. Now we're now Doug Farrar has a list of the top. Who are the top who are you know, on his list? who are the five
0: dudes ahead of Pat Sertan? <laughs> First of all, I'm just having flashbacks of like working with Alfred. Cause that's something Alfred would do And Like, Hey, I'm trying to talk about uh, no, the really list of like, quarterbacks. Nothing
1: like Alfred. And then would Alfred William really would jump in Like nothing. Guys,
0: I want to talk about cornhole. That is <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely not even close to anything right, Alfred would all right, do. All right,
0: all right. I'm not trying to offend
1: you. I can, I just... I can, I can do Alfred oh, if, you don't, oh, okay, if you don't want yeah, to talk let's... until 445. Oh. <laughs> you want me to do Al? No, I'm just kidding.
0: I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So <laughs> all give, right. give me the top five, the five picks. The five, yeah, there's a bit all right. <laughs> the five quarterbacks he has ahead of. I'm just saying chance. he
1: slaps you around a little bit and at times you don't. You can't really respond.
0: What are you talking about? I, I, I'm just I being honest about it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Go go ahead. Give me the top. Give me he, the top five. He's corners.
0: louder than I am, but he's louder than everybody. Oh, I, I know that. But
1: anyway, go ahead. Okay. You you <laughs> leave the you leave the studio bruised and beaten at times, and I'm probably guilty of it too.
0: You've yeah well, yeah. And Ben's ben, raising his hands. He's, his he's hand. guilty of yeah, it too. Yeah. So. Uh, number five was J C Horn uh, with Carolina. He's a good player. Yeah. Ben, if you want to chime in on this, don't stop He's a good player. He's got his mouth miming. full of Chipotle. Go. Yeah. yeah. He didn't invite us on this experience. He just yeah. decided to come in studio and eat in front of us. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, JC Horn with Carolina. He's Jire, a good player. Jair Alexander with Green Bay. No. Darius Slay. Darius Slay is a good player. Number three. Uh, number two is Sauce with the Jets. And uh, number one was James Bradbury. With the Eagles.
1: Okay. First and foremost, Sauce was the defensive rookie of the year. Correct. I would not take Sauce Gardner right now straight up in a trade for Pats or 10. A lot of people disagree with you on that. Yeah. Well, of course, because there's more people that watch the Jets that live in New York. This is correct. I, I, and I'm not saying Sauce Gardner is not a good player because he is. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying overall game at corner. And, and I'm probably biased because I live in Denver. And I call Broncos games. I would take Pat Sertan if you forced me to pick between Pat Sertan and Sauce Gardner. That's okay.
0: All. Would you take Pat Sertan over James Bradbury or Darius Slay? I or? think Darius Slay is a really good player.
1: He's a little bit different. But Sertan is longer. Um, I, I think stylistically, Sertan is different. See, I, I, I think this. I think Pat Sertan is one of the two or three best corners in football. That's not to say there aren't other good corners or guys that I like or I would take in a trade or what ha- mm-hmm. have you. Darius Slay is a really good player. Bradbury, I haven't seen as much of him, so I don't want to act like I have. I've seen a lot of Sauce Gardner. He, he's very athletic. He's long. Uh, he's not as good in the run game as Pat is, and I think he he guesses a lot And he guesses right Mm -hmm. sometime too. And I think sometimes a corner, you're going to have guys that just on instincts are going to drive a route, whatever, try to make a play, and they're going to guess on something. Mm -hmm.
0: So for what it's worth, I bring up this article, not so much about the list portion of it, about something he pointed out about Pat Sertan that I thought was interesting. What might that be, Ryan? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) He talked about how Sertan had uh, in his rookie season 230 coverage snaps in man 163 in zone, but that flipped almost the opposite. In fact, even more so 136 in man last year and 391 in zone, which again on its surface is like not the end of the world. It's like, Hey man, this is what the scheme is this is what we need you to do. We need you to play in zone and you need to be good at that. I would say that pastor Tan's strength in general, if I was just scouting him or what we did before he was drafted out of Alabama is This is a man up guy. Like I I want to put him on an Island. I think he's going to win most of those matchups, but as a result, the difference in his productivity, again, he was still an all pro and pro bowler and that type of thing, Mm -hmm. but his productivity was down from his rookie year to his second year. He gave up uh, more yards per catch. He had, he had more touchdowns. He gave up fewer interceptions, fewer pass breakups and a higher opponent passer rating. Now, my question for you, and this might stem off of our conversation about pass rush yesterday. Is that a function of just how bad things got last year that even a guy that Pat Sertan uh, struggled, uh, struggled is a a mild term here because he still had a great year. Or is that he really should be, if you're Vance Joseph, a guy that's in more man situations than zone? Hmm. Um, That was the crux of why I brought this whole thing. Yeah, I think that, I mean,
1: I think it's pretty obvious that they played more zone last year. I do think Sertan has the ability, if you use him smartly, to lock up guys. But I will say this, it's a misnomer. I think fans, at times, it can be mischaracterized about, you know what, whomever, this guy, Sauce Gardner, Pat Sertan, Bradbury, Darius Slay, you can just lock him up on that guy out there and that guy's done for the rest of the game. Listen, I, I I have never believed that. And if offenses and and good teams know that you're locked up one on one, you got no help. And on their best receiver, you're you're going to lose a few of those matchups.
0: We saw against you're, Devontae Adams the second gonna, time around. You're going
1: to get beat. Yes. Right. So, um, yeah, I I, I would like seeing not play as much zone as he did last year. I think there are times you can lock him up and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's an excellent, he, he's a good tackler. He's a willing tackler. He reminds me of champ in that regard. So um, but again, the stats, I don't know. You can, yes, I think, I think all corners need to have significant pressure on the quarterback in order to be the best player they can possibly be. If you, if you protect the quarterback and you're asking guys, I don't care if you're impressed or off or whatever, you're asking them to cover these receivers. These are the best receivers in the world for three, four, five plus seconds. Mm-hmm. You're going to get beat. I don't care how good you are. You can't
0: cover these guys for that length of time. Right. And so same thing here with Justin Simmons. Now he missed five games last year, but in the games he played, yeah, he tied for the league lead in the interceptions with six. We know that, right? Had a, a productive year as far as getting turnovers, but he allowed a po- opponent passer rating of one hundred one point nine, gave up thirty four receptions for four hundred sixteen yards and two hundred ten yards after the catch and four touchdowns. So let me ask you a question, because I, I and I I mean this sincerely, how do they
1: determine if if they played predominantly zone? And Justin Simmons is a safety. How do you determine, even going back and looking at the game film, as to what constitutes? A pass given up by Justin Simmons, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, not.
0: I listen. We're on the same page about that. I think sometimes those are those, those catches are assessed to people that they shouldn't be, and there are times when we'll go back over it and we'll say, well, that that wasn't his man. Like he got he, you know, you'll see a guy, you'll see uh, a DB running in trail, right, and then and you're some like, okay, well, that was it was his guy. But that isn't necessarily what the design of the play was. It wasn't designed that way on the defense that it was his man. He just ended up running into the zone of that other guy. And now all of a sudden you get assessed that. So I'm actually on the same page with you as far as what we tend to. I'm just going off of this as far as perspective of we went into we came out of last year feeling pretty decent about the defense, but we're seeing that the secondary at times didn't necessarily have some of their best work and 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 some yeah. of the production fell off. So I, I want to know is that a function of the defense? Is that a function of the offense being bad again? Wh- well, what are we signed about?
1: I think the premise could be a false narrative. I mean his his premise. Um, if if they're playing zone and and let's just say Justin Simmons is playing single safety high, and a ball is caught over the middle of the field at 18 yards, does Doug Farrar look at this and say, okay, that's a pass given up by Justin Simmons? Because if so, if if you're playing single safety high, you've got to you've got to be deeper than the deepest. And if somebody throws a post over your head, that's Justin Simmons' fault. So I, I think it's impossible for people, including me, that don't know exactly what the design completely what the design of the defense is or how that defense is taught to look at a play and say, okay, that catch is on that that guy. Okay, right? that's fair. That's fair. I, I just think it's now, if you if you get straight man coverage, one free whatever even zero, then yeah, I mean you can see outside that somebody's got that guy and that guy just uh, ran a comeback and caught the ball. Okay, that's then that that corner loses that particular right. matchup. Zone zone stuff is really hard, especially at safety. Sure. It's really hard to look and say. Who you who you gonna blame on that?
0: I'm I'm not even gonna debate that point with you. I I guess the the thing I want to carry it forward is when you're Vance Joseph and you look at the tape on how the secondary played last year. Are you saying okay, there's some things I can tweak here that I think could improve these guys? Sure, oh sure, and that that's sure. really where I want the conversation. Yeah, to Yeah, I, I think
1: Vance is gonna look at this like every other coach and come in and say, okay, I like that. Like I don't I don't really like that. We're we're not gonna sit back and rush three or four, mm-hmm. and and that's what Evero did. I mean Evero came from Vic. Yeah. And Vic wanted to keep everything in front of him. Vic's a terrific defensive coach, but he, he's not really a pressure guy. Vance is going to be more pressure. Right. So when you pressure, can you lock up for 2.5 seconds? Can you can you mm-hmm. can you hold the can you hold him down outside for two and a half? Because that's basically what you got to be able to do. And and I think Vance will be creative in how, how he pressures. So yeah, I think Vance Joseph looks at this secondary and says, huh, okay, I got passer 10. I'm good with him. Uh, I got Darius on the other side, young corner. Gave up a lot last year early. I'm I'm pretty good with him. Looks at the nickel back inside with um, uh, K1. K1 says, at least I would say. I like that because yep. I know he'll tackle right. and I know he can cover. Right. I got Justin Simmons. I'll find the other corner, the other safety. We're going to find out who that is. Is it going to be K-Jack? Is it going to be one of the younger guys? Mm-hmm. We'll see. I would feel pretty good about the Broncos' secondary. I'd feel better about them right now than I would
0: about the Broncos' ability to rush the passer. I agree. and I, th- I sort of feel like a lot of this is going to be sorted out just by everything you laid out they're going to try to pressure more, which is going to give those one-on-one opportunities, which I think plays into the strength of this team. And so that's that's kind of when I say. Pat Sertan had four, nearly 400 snaps where he was in zone, and and we saw a little bit of his productivity fall off. I'm saying this year, Vance Joseph would say, by nature, I'm going to put you on an island, and I think you're going to win a lot of that. Because guess what? I've already seen you do it. Yep. I, I would just
1: challenge, in this case, Broncos fans to understand that when we talk about Pat Sertan, he's got a lot of, Accolades, and I think he's a great young player. He, he's on a terrific trajectory. There are guys in the Hall of Fame that play defensive back that all of them have been beaten. All of them have had games where it's like, well, what in the holy hell? is going on. Mm -hmm. And Pat's going to have some of those too. It's just the nature of that position. You're out. That's why they call, they call it, you're out there on an Island. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, you're out there and everybody can see. And even people in the stands that don't know what the coverage is, they look and see like, if that guy that you lined up on initially catches the ball, that's your fault. Right. Not always the case, but that's, that's sort of, you know, you got to wear, you got to wear that because that's how people perceive it. But hall of fame, defensive backs, have been beaten like a drum
0: from time to time. It's about the way you respond. Yeah. It's about having a short memory. For sure. For sure. So that 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 for me was a bit of the, the crux of the conversation is is more what Vance Joseph is, is going to see. Is this a three-hour show
1: or two-hour? Because my memory is a little bit short, too. It's, th- it's three. Three?
0: Yeah. Okay, good. we still got another hour. Another hour.
1: Yeah. Good deal. Are you excited about that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday? On a Friday? Yes. Where, yeah. I mean, where, stop thinking about this, Ryan. Where else at almost 5 o'clock in a Friday afternoon and it's not raining outside, where else would you and I rather be than right here?
0: Well, me, probably nowhere, but you, I think, literally anywhere. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love what I do. Absolutely. I do. I really do. But I, I listen, man, th- there are things, just like our pass rush conversation yesterday, there, there are sort of the nuanced details about the way things happened last year, including on the defensive side of the ball, that, that need to be tweaked, Right. Uh, we we spend so much time on the offense, and justifiably, right? I mean, it's it, we just talked about it in the last hour. Russell Wilson being the wild card of the team isn't necessarily a good feeling for most of Broncos fans. Like, come into this year and you're like, ah, wow, we just don't know where we're going to get out of the quarterback. Well, that, that's a problem. Uh, could be great, and if it is, the team will be good. But the defensive side of the ball doesn't get a lot of notoriety because most people say, well... The defense was good, especially because they they carried the load for a really bad offense for most of the year. And it wasn't until really the end, the crack started to show when they had so many injuries that they couldn't really overcome those things. But when I look at some stats like that, I say, well, we got to go a little bit deeper on this because I think in terms of how can Vance Joseph take what is a defense that, could, that should be in the top 10. He can maybe even make them better. And I think a lot of it's going to happen naturally. I think a lot of what he's going to bring to this team on the defensive side of the ball is really going to accentuate a lot of the strengths of these relative players.
1: Yeah, I mean, I th- I, you know, I, I, that, think that's right. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that's what good coaches do. Right, you well, find but out that's not always the, the case. You find out what the strength of the play... Well, you, you 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 do your best to try to do it. And no, it's not always the case. But you find out what your best players do best, try to put them in that position. And um, I, I think the Broncos' defense... You know, I think the Broncos' offense will take more of a leap this year than the defense only because the offense was historically bad. Yeah. I mean, historically bad. There's not... Sort of like there's nowhere to go but up. Kind thank of. you. There's not a lot of room to maneuver <laughs> except up Yes, in that regard. So right.
0: For the defense, though, I mean, to be a top 10 defense and to climb higher than that, that, yeah. m- that might be a little bit more of a challenge. See, I
1: don't even care. I don't even care if you're ranked in the top 10. To me, the most important stat from a defensive standpoint is points per game allowed. Mm-hmm. If, if you're at, you know, around 20, then you give yourself a chance to win every game. They're not going to win every game, but at least you're going to be in it. And they were
0: I got, 21.1 last year. Okay.
1: If they're at 21.1 this year, I'm cool. That was 14th, by the way. Okay. If they're middle of the pack, I mean, we'd all like them to be better. But if they're middle of the pack, in terms of points per game allowed, this will be a much improved team from a record standpoint. I got to read one text, 720271. Random comment, but I just found the Dave Logan 1980 Tops card from my childhood collection. What a killer mustache, Dave. Can we bring back the stash for the Broncos season as good luck? Um, the thumbs up from everybody in the studio. Yeah, right. It was, it was like the porn stash, right? <laughs> so uh, I had it for like 17 years, shaved it off on an Easter Sunday, my daughter, who was very young at the time, came stumbling into the bathroom and immediately started crying because she did not wreck. She thought it was somebody else in the bathroom. Um, and Ben just found the card. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'll go with the porn stash, but uh, appreciate that. And that card's worth about 30, I don't know,
0: seven cents, something like that. Dude, that, you had like the Magnum PI. Yeah, it was, it, the porn stash. Yeah, that's, that's, that's legit, man. Yeah. And you don't want to bring it back? $42? Get
1: the hell out What? Of that, that car's worth $42? There you go. So the, the, the texture... Who in their right mind would pay $42 for that? In mint condition, $42. In near mint, $7. Well, I'm kind of a near mint guy. So I'm more of a $7 dude than a $42 dude. But
0: um, okay. Take it. Congratulations. Hey, hey that's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, on the uh, text line, the Condor would be talking about Dark Vader by now. That's true. He would have found a way to shoehorn right. Dark Vader into this conversation. Yeah. yeah. That is... That is for sure. Cornhole is a lousy replacement for playing
1: sh- some shoes. I love this one too. Seven two zero six nine zero. Dave, I drive for a, a lift. If you're bored this weekend, the Lawn Dart Championships is being held here in Denver. What? I just picked up two guys from Chicago who are in town. No, I, I, I. You know, let me let me be be frank about this. I'm not bored at all. I'm just saying over the weekend. It right now, I'm on NFL Network watching reruns of Super Bowls because there is Jack on to watch from a sports standpoint well tonight you got what do we uh, got
0: wimby wimbo nyama all right I might, I might watch that yeah i, mean, I he's might watch making that. his debut in the nba summer league at seven o'clock yeah did they ever
1: settle what uh uh what britney spears we, we didn't talk about that we, on we the air the did we? yeah on the air on the air was that today that was <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i haven't even been drinking um, okay. I think it's because uh, the wine yogi must have spilled some. Is that what it is on your on your mic sock? Lick there. the mic sock. <laughs> yeah.
1: So so yeah, I did. Yeah, I we I happened to that. see the video like I don't know two minutes ago on ESPN.
0: Okay. And there really that it as was you nothing. said there was nothing. Yeah, it, it was really was nothing. It was a whole lot of nothing. Once the video came out, you're just like, oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm sorry that that happened to you, but yeah, that that's right. It wasn't described that way. Uh, anyways, five six six nine zero. <laughs> this, this is the most squirrel again that. <laughs> Again, that that is the randomness of the show. Yeah. I do
1: appreciate it. Dave, do you already have that card in your collection? I I honestly and this is I'm being honest about that. I do not have a collection. I've got people that will send me things and I I sign them and send it back out, but but in terms of like having every card, I, d- I don't have a collection. Do you have some collection of cards of your own? Of you? That's what I just said. You I don't, don't have, any, I, don't, you don't have any. Oh, I don't I probably have some that I haven't signed yet. Oh, okay. But I haven't gone out and purchased any. All
0: right. What the hell. <laughs>